listening to the Fish on Ted podcast with your host, Ted Johnson. Well, hi, this is Ted Johnson, and before we start today's podcast, I'd like to give a quick shout-out to a couple of our supporters. George Schauer, who is the Pocono Outdoors guy, has been a friend and advocate of the Fish on Ted podcast and our sister company, Marketing for Guides, for a couple years now. George broadcasts his own podcast live every Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Facebook Live. He then posts his episode on his YouTube channel, of course called The Pocono Outdoors Guy. Along with being a podcast host, George is also a well-known outdoor writer and outdoor videographer. To find out more about George's services, go to his website at www.poconooutdoorsguy.com. I'd also like to recognize Short Bus Flashers, who is based in Oregon. J.T. Gillette started Short Bus Flashers just over 10 years ago, and it has become the premier manufacturer of salmon fishing flashers on the West Coast. If you like catching salmon, you need to visit www.shortbusflashers.com and take a look at all the flashers and the hundreds of shapes and color combinations that are available. Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast. I want to thank everyone for tuning in, no matter what time of year or uh, what, <laughs> what year it was, uh, just because this is all out there for perpetuity. Um, we are recording this on the 16th of October, 2020. If you're looking at your calendars, yep, it's still during, during, uh, being done during the COVID time, and we just hope that everybody is well and safe. If you're listening to this three years from now, it sounds like things worked out pretty well. But we are not here to talk about um, any sort of uh, trials and tribulations, uh, although you might consider fishing sometimes trials and tribulations. But we're here to celebrate our 75th um, episode of the Fish on Ted podcast with a young lady who is making a huge splash in the industry. And her name is Katie Corget. Katie, are you there? I am, Ted. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well, and I'm so honored to be your 75th episode today. Thank you for having me on. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Katie. I uh, appreciate having you as a guest today. Katie, you know, your name is synonymous with, with fishing, is that in that you are really an ambassador for the, the, the sport and have done just some great, great things in just the short time that you've been involved. Can, can I ask you uh, to give us a little bit of uh, your background and history um, for our Absolutely. listeners that may not know you? Sure, sure. So I, I do kind of tout myself as a crazy fish lady just because I'm so passionate about the sport. Um, and how it really started goes back to the spry little young age of three. My parents, my mom and my dad both liked to fish. Uh, they took me out fishing for the first time and I just kind of fell in love with it. Over time, I, I continued to have that bond with them and, and especially with my mm -hmm. mom out on the water, having that mother-daughter time, right? Very special. Right. A lot of gals go get their nails done. We would go fishing and then go get our nails done. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, okay. It is. It is. So it started there and then it really was kind of a natural curiosity. So we didn't have a boat growing up. 
Um, and so there'd be a lot of shore fishing by docks, mm -hmm. under bridges, what have you. And I'd go up to fellow anglers that I saw, kind of ask them what they were using or what technique they had. And I, I grew from them. And so there's just such nice camaraderie in the fishing community. And I like giving back because that's what really inspired me to get involved in the, in the sport. Wow, very good. So you started fishing at the age of three and, and mom was a huge part of that. I saw that you and your mom had show, uh, had shared not only a boat, but, but a uh, fishing adventure where somewhere in Florida uh, in the last couple of years. Yeah. Yes. You know, we have had a lot of amazing adventures together. And the one I think that you're referencing was really a trip of a lifetime, opportunity of a lifetime. So not sure if you're familiar with the show Lunkerville, um, but there was a contest on social media for Lunkerville where you could go ahead and kind of submit a photo of something that had to do with fishing with you and your involvement and explain what fishing meant to you, mm -hmm. right? Why, why, do you, why do you like it? And so I did that oh, yeah. and I actually submitted a, a photo of me volunteering with kids. So I am very passionate about that. Um, and the looks of excitement on their faces, I was showing them some live bait and they were just all thrilled about it. So I talked about the, the joy that anyone can really have from fishing. It's such a simple, innocent sport, right? And no matter right. what age, someone can still enjoy it and learn it and, and fall in love with it. And mm -hmm. that landed us an opportunity to go down to Florida and film an episode of Lunkerville with the host, Mike D., and I got to yeah. bring three ladies with me. So my mom and two other gals. And honestly, that was one of the things, Ted, that kind of started opening up a lot of doors for me um, through sponsors, oh, really? through social media and, and TV shows, and now being on your podcast. <laughs> uh, very good. Very good. Well, it looks like you guys had such a great time. You were fishing for trout and reds and that sort of thing. And and um, you, you were, forgive me, uh, you were kind of showing off at the beginning of that show because you were hooking fish every cast. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, you know, the nickname, uh, a moniker I've earned throughout the years, whether it's preserved or not, is Fish Whisperer. So I just have this, oh, this kind of it. this six, six fishy sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, that's um, I'm working on the species. So that's something that I really enjoy is learning how to target different species. I'm a freshwater mm -hmm. and a saltwater angler. I uh -huh. fish on the ice, too, so hard water. There's really no boundary for me as to what kind of fishing I'll do. In fact, right. Ted, I've even caught goldfish, believe that or not. I've caught goldfish in a, in a really? lake before. <laughs> no kidding. Um, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I'm, I'm, I have, 75 species, I believe, um, under the belt to this date. And that's something I just continue to um, enjoy exploring and trying new locations and, and yeah. new species. Wow. So what's the species for 2021? Ooh, well, that's a great question. I would actually like to expand upon the trout and salmon realms a little bit. Mm -hmm. I've dabbled. I would consider myself probably the most amateur um, fly angler out there. <laughs> oh, really? It's, it's, it's out of all the different types of fishing. I would say that I um, have the most opportunity with fly fishing, yeah. Some, yeah. It's, it's, but it's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's mm -hmm. a type of fishing I've never really experienced before a couple years ago. And right. so 
the patience and the skill and the finesse that's required to fish that I think is a blast, but I also do mm -hmm. enjoy targeting trout and salmon on spinning tackle as well. So oh, yeah. um, I've caught king salmon and brown trout, brook trout, rainbow trout, but other than that, uh, I'd really like to explore the other species. Yeah, yeah, I'll be darned. You know, it, it's coincidental, just in the last few days, I've had a client that has reached out to me because he is getting involved in the sport of Euro nymphing. Are you familiar with that? You know, very, very vaguely. I've, I've heard the term before, but tell me, tell me more. Well, he, um, he's been an avid fly fisherman for, you know, like decades, absolutely decades. And he decided a number of years ago, he was gonna kind of hang things up. And so he went through a transition where he sold his business, but he still guided a little bit. And then he had some health issues, but he, he worked his way through that. And um, now he has been approached by the, I think it's like the, the, uh, uh, the Euro Nymphing Association to teach Euro Nymphing techniques uh, in the Northwest. <laughs> and um, I'm going, what in the world is Euro Nymphing? I'd never heard of that right. one. You know? And, and it's, it's this competitive gig with fly fishing gear, you know? And you have to use a certain line. You have to put colors in the line for whatever reason. And then you can go catch any species that you want. And it's, a, it's some sort of competition. And it looks like a blast. I mean, it just absolutely looks like a whole lot of fun, you know? And, um, um, and, and there's an added bit of competition to it, which is very unique, you know? Sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a blast. And, <laughs> you know, when everyone is playing with kind of the same deck of cards, too, that's when it gets really exciting. Everyone's on the same that's kind true. of line class, same tackle, same lure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. Now, you are, you, you call Minnesota home, right? I do. Don't you know? <laughs> yeah, sure don't you betcha for all my fellow Minnesotans. <laughs> <laughs> You do that well, um, and uh, and so pike and muskie and and perch and walleye, um, those are some of the species of fish that uh, you have probably fished for over your life, right? Yes, indeed. So Minnesota's mm -hmm. state fish is the walleye. Um, ironically, it's probably the fish that I am least um, targeting, at least where I live in the southwest metro area. It's a lot of northern pike, uh, largemouth bass, and then various panfish, sunnies, perch, crappie, especially on the ice. It's, it's a great panfish bite. My favorite freshwater fish to target is actually the northern pike. A lot of oh. a lot of anglers, especially bass anglers, are like, "Ew, it's slimy. It's not my yeah. ideal target fish. It's not a, a not a welcome bycatch by any yep. means." Um, but for me, I love them because here in Minnesota, we have a very rich fishery. We're known as the land of ten thousand lakes, and so there are some really really nice sized northern that grow up in these lakes. Um, you know, right. I've actually caught northern. I've caught two northern in my life that were considered probably trophy fish. One was 40 inches long. The other was 45. That was the wow. largest northern I've ever caught. That was a big wow. one. That was, yeah. <laughs> that was a big one. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so for me, there's no. just a thrill in those large pike. You know, anything over 30 inches, I almost, back to the fish whisperer moniker, um, I almost can tell when I hook it. I'm like, oh, yep, that's going to be a 30 plus just the way it fights. Yep. <laughs> no kidding. 
you know, it, it has been, I think it was the year 2000. Yeah. And I had uh, uh, set up a trip to go fishing for silver salmon and trophy rainbow in um, a river up in Alaska by the name of wow. the Nusha. And it was one of those planes, trains, and automobiles things to get there at that time. It's opened up a little bit now. But, you know, we took commercial, sure. uh, 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 regular commercial flights to Anchorage, and then we took cargo planes to Dillingham, and then we spent the night, and then we boarded um, a float plane and went 200 miles into the Chit River, where they dumped, it off, dumped us off at this guy's camp for 10 days, right? And we were just really wow. excited. Um, about being there because, you know, the, the trout were huge. You talk about you know, wanting to target trout, you know, rainbow trout mm -hmm. average eight to 12 pounds, you know, um, and more, more silver salmon than you can absolutely imagine. And then they had the reds and the Arctic grayling and that sort of thing. But we had this, this guy in the boat with us that was a guide. Um, and he kept saying he wanted to take us into slack water and fish for pike. And I had never fished for pike before, but hey, I'm in, oh, I'm really? in my element. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in my element, you know? I'm, I'm fishing for these huge rainbows and, you know, we were getting at least 20 fish a day over 10 pounds and it was, it was just phenomenal, you know? And finally, That's the last insane. day, the guy goes, you're in my boat today and we're gonna go fish <laughs> for pike. Okay, you know, nine days of this and then you want us to go fish for pike. What are you talking about? Right. So anyway. He had tied up some fly pattern or, or uh, mouse patterns the night before and got us in this boat and we went down to this slough and uh, we, we uh, kind of pulled our way into this thing, you know, up against these reeds. And he said, now, now put the, you know, put the fly over just in front of the reeds. And I did. And it was just, it looked like a tennis ball. It was just a big mousy thing, you know, and I twitched sure. it a little bit and it was like, you know, it, it, it was like the creature from the Black Lagoon. You could see the reeds parting like 20 feet back, and they were just moving like <laughs> in a cartoon. And not only one fish smacked that thing, but I had three fish all at the same time fighting over that mouse pattern, you know? And, I, Come on. and I'm going, holy crap, this is crazy. And my buddy in the boat, he was doing the same thing off of the other side, you know? And I don't think we caught any fish over maybe 35 inches, you know, but that was a pretty good pike for us. Um, but, oh, you know, absolutely. We, we caught, well, I mean, and this is no fish story. We caught well over a hundred of those beasts, you know, in that day. And we're going, what in the world were we fishing for trout for when these are in the river, you know, and um, had, exactly so much, right. had so much fun doing that, you know, and, uh, and anyway, I, I became a pike fanatic, and at that point on, I have never fished pike before, but it's back on my bucket list, so I've got to go do that. But, oh, they but, are they are a thrill. They are a thrill, yeah. especially when they're that aggressive. They they earn the nickname Water Wolf for a reason. It's like, oh, <laughs> you know, once, oh, once never if, heard they're, that. if they're, yeah, if they're, if they're hungry, watch out. And you better yeah. have some good uh, quality line on because you're going to be losing your lure if you don't. <laughs> yeah, we, we tried monofilament, you know, there a, a couple different times. And that didn't work out so well. Um, no, but, no. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it was fun. Well, well Katie, I'm, I'm interested in hearing about your um, 
activity and your passion with fishing with kids. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the reason I am is that in my ventures in the industry, we're actually seeing a downturn in the number of people getting their fishing licenses and being active in the fishing community up until COVID. Now, when COVID hit, right. it's been really interesting. Right. I mean, it, it, the, the industry has exploded again. But my fear is maybe we got all these kids now on the bank fishing and, you know, then dad and mom are buying boats and they're out there fishing to social distance. And, you know, if that vaccine comes out like they say it is going to be, is it going to go right back to, you know, you're going to spend uh, most of your day uh, lying on your bed, texting your buddies or playing Xbox. And we've <laughs> lost all this ground, you know. So you're doing right. some special, special things with kids and fishing um, in, uh, in, in Minnesota where you live. Uh, can you tell us a little about that? Absolutely, yes. So I, you know, because so many people in my inner circle, my friends, my family, and the fishing community that's local took such an interest in me when I was growing up, I really uh -huh. wanted to return the favor and help inspire young kids, you know, and really kids of any age, whether they're just starting off five, six years old, or a little bit older, teenagers, getting, getting them involved with the outdoors. We have such a rich fishery here, but also just nature, being out in nature, learning a respect for the outdoors and conservation. It's a huge opportunity. So mm -hmm. um, regarding that, I started off by being involved. My, my stepfather is actually a city manager for a large um, city that's here in Minnesota. So it started off with a city-wide um, fishing clinic that would happen a couple times in the summer every year, and I asked to volunteer in that. And that's kind of where yeah. it started. And I'm like, no, I would love to get involved in something a little bit um, more frequently. You know, how can I bring this into my local community in which I live? Mm -hmm. So the funny thing is I was featured, and this is actually a really cool story. I was featured in one of our largest um, metro newspapers a few years ago for the fishing and my involvement in the community with fishing. And a local woman in the city that I live saw that and she tried to find a way to get a hold of me, not in a creepy way. She was just trying to reach out yeah. to me because what I didn't know at the time is she was a board member for a nonprofit organization called uh, Chaska Area Fishing with Friends that focused on um, the, the mission of the organization is focusing on getting those who are less fortunate or just don't have mm -hmm. those opportunities out on the water. So mm -hmm. veterans, um, those with disabilities, those in the nursing homes, and also kids. So right. she couldn't find my information. And for some reason, she was going through all of her old papers a couple years later, and she had kept that newspaper article. And she's like, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot and see if I can find a way to get a hold of her. And sure mm -hmm. enough, she was. She found a way to find me, um, probably on my YouTube channel or what have you, on social media. She got a hold of me. And it turned into I'm now a board member for the organization. And what we do is we have in the spring, summer, and early fall seasons, we have kind of a two-pronged approach. We okay. own a pontoon boat on a local lake. And so uh -huh. there are different 
um, four hour sessions, three or four hour sessions that we can have these different groups come on, whether they're um, those that are disabled or kids or those from a nursing home. We'll bring them on, we'll take care of them, you know, we'll give them the first kind of class experience, have our volunteers who are captains and first mates provide all the gear, bait the hook, cool. teach them how to fish um, and do all that. And then we also have shore events. So these shore events are focused on kids. And what we do is on the weekends, we will find various lakes and we'll advertise about it, right? And we yeah. set up the tent, we'll have little treats, we will have all the rods and reels set up and parents can come with their kids and we kind of show the kids the ropes, we help educate them about fishing and then mm -hmm. we go out on the docks or on the shore with them and help them fish and help them catch their first fish. And it's oh. really special. You know, we have kids that are as young as like, I think the youngest I had this last season pre COVID was maybe like a year and a half old. <laughs> right. Wow. Um, no kidding. All the, yeah. yeah all, all the way to kids that are, you know, in their teens and it's, it's really refreshing and the excitement that they have and the, the look in their eyes when they catch those fish, even though they're, like tiny sunnies, right? Sunfish. Yep. Um, yep. It's, it's really inspiring and it's something that they remember. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it is, is really a shame that we have lost that, that, that innocence, if you may, in our, in, in our day-to-day -day lives of going out and enjoying nature and enjoying, you know, all the different facets of it. That's um, been replaced so much by technology. I know you and I are kind of both in the technology realm, but uh, in, in my opinion, only speaking for myself, I think we're spending way too much time in front of these darn screens, and we're not, you know, not yeah. active and uh, not enjoying really what you know what this world has to offer. And fishing is such a big part of my life that uh, I can't imagine not have gone, you know, been going out and, and fishing. Uh, at, at dur during different times, you know, and uh, right. that is so cool that you're doing that. And uh, I'm, I would imagine that you're converting a lot of those, uh, those young people into uh, lifetime fishermen. Yeah, and that's, that's really kind of the mission of our organization, too. It's like, not only do we want to supply them with a great memory and great experience when they're out with us, but it's the whole um, adage of teach a man to fish, right? It's like we yeah. want to give them the tools and help them feel empowered and confident and also help the parents too, because not every parent was taught as a child how to fish. Um, right. You know, there's also the situation with single mothers. It's like not to, not to stereotype at all, because I'm very passionate about fishing and, and mm -hmm. somewhat knowledgeable, right? But sometimes, um, you, you know, the, the female anglers um, how do we kind of empower them and inspire them to feel confident to the point where they could take others out and fish with them mm -hmm. too? So mm -hmm. it, it's really refreshing. And, you know, I even offer like one-on-one -on -one or small clinics on the dock with parents and their kids to help with that yep. and help them feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, that is so cool. That um, there, there, There's nothing like it. And it becomes... You know, something clicks in your head when you catch that first fish and you kind of get it, you know, and you're going, wow, I want to do that again. And exactly and right. I, I think the, the, you know, the kids have missed that 
I grew up in uh, a little town called Springfield, Oregon, which is right next to Eugene. If people are familiar with the Oregon Ducks, go Ducks, got to say that. Um, and <laughs> we had a river or have a river go through there called the McKinsey River. And it's very famous for its trout and its steelhead, you know. And I lived a, a whopping five-minute walk from my house to the McKinsey River in a kind of residential area. And that was our playground, you know. And uh, wow. you know, go down and we'd fish for trout and steelhead and salmon. And then we would duck hunt during the fall, you know. And most of the, the, the guys that I, you know, grew up with, um, you know, they offered the different sports, the football and the basketball and the baseball and a little bit of soccer and that sort of thing. And you'd always compare that calendar against the synopsis, you know, <laughs> then you go, do I, do I really want to give up my, my, uh, my fall, you know, fishing season to go out and play third right. game, you know? And so in right. most cases, Decision. the the river won out, you know, but it, but it does have that, you know, have that allure to you. Does, does it not, you know, it's just, it gets in your blood, and it, and I think it's a good thing. I think it's a really good thing. I think the easiest way to describe it is just the simple joys of fishing. That's what it really is, and it's about yeah. the memories that you share with people when you go out there, mm -hmm. right, on the water. Mm -hmm. It's such a peaceful experience. It's a fun one, and, and the innocence of it, I think, is what brings people together, too. It's like it's almost a universal language that everyone can understand the feeling when you catch a fish. Yes. Yes. So true. So, so what's on your horizon, Katie? Are, how are you going to be uh, involved in, in the fishing industry going forward at this point? That is a great question, Ted. I mean, we all, for those who, I, I love the way that you started this podcast saying there might be people three years from now who are, are listening to this and we're living in this era of COVID. We've had to shift tremendously, right? But things are starting yeah, to open up. We, we are getting much better with social distancing um, and, and how we can still kind of live our lives in this new environment. So all the plans that I had prior to COVID are completely out the window. Um, yep. What I will say is that I want to continue to be that passionate ambassador that's kind of at the forefront of the industry and mm -hmm. making those connections in the industry in order to do that. So I've, I've had the honor um, of one of my little dreams that I had ever since I was a, a toddler or a little girl was to be on TV for fishing and be kind of that, that host and teaching people uh -huh. about fishing. Right. I actually, on Saturday mornings, you know, when kids would be in front of the TV and they'd be watching cartoons, I'd have some of the kids from my neighborhood come over and watch them with me, but then I would mm -hmm. steal the remote and turn it to fishing and they would leave. <laughs> um, and so that that's something to me where it's like, that was a dream. And I had that dream come true because I've um, had the honor of being a guest host on Midwest Outdoors and kind of teaching cool. the the audience there how to fish on the ice, how to go to a dock and um, catch largemouth bass. You know, there've been right. a few different education pieces. So I would love to continue down that path, number one. Um, mm -hmm. And then number two, continuing to expand um, the opportunities with kids in the community. That's something I'm yeah. gonna continue to invest in, you know, and especially the clinics, that, mm -hmm. that is, I get so much fulfillment out of the joy that 
that comes on these kids' faces and the excitement of the family dynamic when they're all out there together doing this activity together. So those two, I think, are where I'm going to spend most of my time. And then, you know, who knows what kind of fishing adventures are out there. As I mentioned, I'm a pretty avid freshwater and saltwater angler. I definitely uh, love traveling and mm-hmm. ticking off new, new species or trying to catch, you know, the largest of that species too. So probably we'll continue that in 2021. Very good. Very good. Well, Katie, we sure appreciate the chance to, uh, you know, hear all about you and your adventures over the this past 30 or 40 minutes. And, and uh, you have a fascinating life ahead of you you can just tell it that the really good things are going to be happening to you and uh, you're going to become a real uh, a real force i think in this outdoor community and and the sport that we call fishing and i'm uh, just very pleased to have had you as a guest and it's an honor that uh, to have you on well the honor is mine ted i i really appreciate it and for me it's really about inspiring others and i think that's been one of the most fulfilling um, pieces that I've had when I've been in media, right, is Mm -hmm. hearing from parents or hearing directly from young women saying, you inspired my daughter or you inspired me. That's that's what I get the most excited about. So that's what I want to continue to do as we have more female anglers kind of rising in the industry, continue to be Mm -hmm. that ambassador and that role model for younger ones as, as we move forward. So thank you for um, giving me your platform as an opportunity to share that message. You bet. Well, uh, you and your family be safe and well, tight lines, and and I'm sure that uh, we'll run into each other uh, in the in the near future somewhere. And I'll be looking forward to shaking your hand. Likewise, and if you ever come to Minnesota, you have to let me know. I'd be happy to take you out fishing. And 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 uh, and the invitation is the same. If you ever make it out to the Northwest will tick off some of those trout species that you're looking to tick off. I love it. That sounds like a great (laughs) plan, Ted. (laughs) Very good. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. You take care.